Kerry Adams and you're listening to Kerry's Connoisseurs coming to you from Solid Gold Podcasts. Here we talk to the movers and shakers, the drinkers, the dreamers and all the people who make it happen in the liquor and luxury industries from around the world. Well, hello everybody. It is the 30th of June, the last day of June. And I haven't been in this recording studio for too long. I've been away. I don't know what I've been doing. Anyway, Harvey and I decided that we would resume our French journey for you. So thank you for coming into the studio, Harvey. For those of you who haven't watched the first one, you have to watch the first one. We're doing a little, a little French course, really. Hey. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's introduction to Frenchness. And we love Frenchness. We absolutely love Frenchness. Um, especially when it's with you, Swerve, because we all know that you are the most gorgeous Frenchman in South Africa. There's not many of us. That's <laughs> so, tomorrow is the start hmm. of the Tour de France. And it goes for most of July. So, Herve has selected some wines that we thought would keep you company while you watch the Tour de France because it does go on and on and on and on. I get a bit bored with it after a while. But we're not going to get bored if we're watching with wine. Well, yeah? Precisely. That's why you can drink along. We'll drink along. <laughs> so we're going to do that and we're going to take you through some of the regions of France that the bicycle race goes through um, and you can drink that specific wine when they are in that specific area. And then of course the 14th of July is Bastille Day, which is a very important day in any Frenchman's life. The storming of the Bastille. It was a long time ago, 1789 or something, Correct, yes. long time ago. And the start of the French Revolution, really. Correct, yes. So, democracy. when we get war, democracy, such as the French do it. I mean, is, well, is, French, yeah. is France a democracy? It is, but the beautiful thing about the French democracy in 1789 is that eventually... Ten years later, Napoleon was an emperor. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I say. Such as, the, such as the <laughs> democracy goes. <laughs> it's e interesting to have a... It was a bit like German democracy as well, the Führer. Hmm? It's the impression of democracy, but that eventually it became very important because it's laid out the root of France as we know it today yes. in so many ways. In all its complications, but it's all its beauty too. It's so beautiful. France is extraordinarily beautiful. One of my favorite places. I just wish that I could speak French a whole lot better than I can. If I wasn't so embarrassed, because I speak French with an English accent, which which doesn't sound right, you know. But then when Frenchmen speak English with a French accent, it does sound right. Yeah, well, Explain we, that. We don't really have a choice anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we could speak perfect English, but why should we? Why should you? <laughs> no, because you're an arrogant Frenchman, that's why. <laughs> Speaking of arrogant Frenchmen, we've got the arrogant frog here today, which we're going to speak to you about. So I should actually stop talking and hand over to you now because you're going to do the little Tour de France route and tell them what we're doing. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you again, Kerry, for hosting me. It's always a pleasure, uh, pleasure to be chatting with too. you. It's always a pleasure to be sharing our love and passion yeah. uh, for wines and for all things were France and international wines mm. uh, in that matter. Mm. And yes, this is peak Frenchness right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Tour de France starting tomorrow, Bastille Day in a few weeks. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of our clients uh, that travel to Europe 
around this time of the year as well. They escape the winter. Summertime, yeah. Exactly. Summertime we can't, in France. You can't get better no, we can't than July them. in France. Mm. July in Bordeaux. Yes, especially in the main cities. You know, the oh. French people have actually escaped the main cities to go on holidays. Uh, revered holidays, you know, holidays are sacred. Mm, uh, they have France. about six weeks of them a year as well. Oh, at least. At mm? least yeah. They do. I mean, mm. I think that, I think that there was a big riot of sorts recently because somebody was saying that they, they were going to cut their holiday by one week, which meant that they only got six months of holiday instead of, <laughs> of seven. <laughs> it's so impossible. Very impossible. Well, you know, we fought very hard to get these holidays. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's why, you know, you, you, with uh, the French culture, you know, you may risk a riot, as we, we're seeing these last couple of days as well. But yeah. I know. I see there's, mm. I see, well, I didn't know the kids were telling me here in the studio about the riots in France. Yeah. Somebody got shot. Hmm? Yeah, more of it looks see with police treatment, but I think that's another matter and we shouldn't get into I know, the we politics. Don't want to get We've got that. nice stuff to talk about. We're not going to do politics. It's such a waste of everybody's time. Let's not do that. Precisely. But yes, the, the Tour de France is starting tomorrow. Yeah. And we've got a, a lot of uh, cycling enthusiasts. Uh, and that, and that's why it is the most popular theme uh, that we have because Tour de France is a name that everybody knows here. And um, it goes for about three weeks. It always starts in a in another country, in a you neighboring country. I didn't know time. that. Yes. Uh, Can you imagine mm. the total value of bicycles and all the equipment that goes with those bicycles that's going to be driving around France for the next three weeks? I wonder what it totals. Must be well, uh, millions and millions of euros. It might be staggering, <coughs> mind-blowing amount of money, but. Uh, that's why maybe a lot of insurance companies are the sponsors of these teams mm. uh, in so many ways. Mm. Um, but yeah, it is really an organization that is massive and that's why it is one of the most revered tools mm. in, in the cycling agenda. It's the only one that anybody ever really watches, I think. I think that is the most popular, but yeah. there's some, obviously, some others one in, in Italy, the Giro, in the Vuelta in Spain, uh, yeah. are also extremely popular, but I think the Tour de France has just this aura for having gone for more than a century uh, now. Is that how old it is? I, I believe so. I Do believe we know the history that. of the Tour de France? I don't know the history too well, I have to be honest. I'm I more in tune with today. I, I've got a bicycle that I've, I've had for 150,000 years. I don't have knee pads and ankle guards and helmets and whatever. It's just a sit-up and big bicycle. I don't know what happened to cycling. It's gone absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. It's so expensive and it's so designer. But um, we just used to have bicycles, but now it's not like that. So we're starting in the Pyrenees. So, uh, yeah, we'll be starting technically this year. I don't know if we can see the map too well. Uh, I always go around with my French maps anyway, <laughs> anywhere I go. <laughs> if you You're see me, you take it out of my coast. What do you call as somebody who loves geography? Everybody loves geography. A ge You're a geographer. Ge geographer. Yeah. That's what I'm going to call you. So it's going to start in the Basque country in Spain, um, and for for a couple of days here. So if you want to drink along, what my suggestion is, you're not very far from one of the most uh, popular wine regions in Spain, which is Rioja. Mm. So that would have what I would suggest to drink along mm. in these first few days. After that, it will cross into the Pyrenees. And it goes into some a few specialist regions such as Madiron. So they've got Jurançon. to drive. They've yeah. got to ride over the Pyrenees mountains. Yes, 
That's a bit of a tough one. The well, Pyrenees are high. It is, and especially this year, they're going to have a lot of mountain stages. Mm. They change their mm. route every year. Every year, yes. Okay. So, I mean, historically, they used to go really all around France, but in uh, today's day and age, they can't, you know, afford to go for a couple of months. So <laughs> they have to get it shortened yeah. in a few weeks. Uh, so the way that they'll go is after a couple of days in the Pyrenees, they'll go up in Bordeaux. And oh. obviously, that's why for wine lovers, uh, we will, after going into these Jurançon, Madiran, uh, a little bit of um, the left bank of Bordeaux. They're going to oh, have wow. two stages in Bordeaux. So for the first day, they'll go through the left bank. On the second day, they'll go through the right bank. They're going to so, do a bit of each. That's good. I love Bordeaux. Precisely. And that's when you get a chance to, when you watch the tour, I think a lot of people really enjoy the scenery, the landscape. Oh, and yeah, this is no, shot Bordeaux quite beautifully. Bordeaux is one of the most beautiful cities. Hmm. It's got gorgeous restaurants in it. No, it has really blossomed. It's uh, yeah. Uh, I was surprised the first time I went to Bordeaux. I had no mm. idea how how important it was. I think Bordeaux was the seat of the judiciary or something in France at some stage, or they had the houses of parliament there, or they had a secondary parliament in Bordeaux. I can't remember, but there was something quite important about Bordeaux. I can't remember now, but it is mm. an extremely beautiful city. So when they start off, mm -hmm. they're going to have some Rioja yes. in Spain. Mm. Um, I don't know how long it takes them to get from from Spain into. So they're going to be in, in into Spain France, for about three days. My suggestion would be mm. that you make a note of these wines and just go and buy a couple of bottles of each and keep them at home, so that you can decide when you're going to drink what. You don't have to. There's no strict rule, but this is just a suggestion. So what are we going to tell them to drink when we're going through Bordeaux? So when you're going through Bordeaux, uh, on the first day, you'll be going through the left bank. Uh, for example, for the amateurs of sweet wines, you'll start with Sauternes. Mm. So a dessert wine, one of the most revered wines. Which you could have for breakfast. You could have. You could have it over your oats. Exactly. That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> the danger <laughs> of, these, of these sticky wines. Uh, we love sticky. We could put it over oats. And they're, and they're immortal. These wines can go for centuries most of the time. I know. So even mm. if you find in your cellar mm. one of your mother or your granny or your great granny's old bottle of whatever, drink it. It'll be lovely if it's a mm. sweetie, if it's a sticky. Precisely. After that, if all the, the red wines or white wine lovers, it would warm me the grave. Mm. regions and mm. one of the appellations is Pessac Léonien. So it's one of the few that in Bordeaux that produces both white wines and red wines. Sauvignon and Blanc, eh? Uh, Sauvignon Blanc and Sémillon, mm. uh, both of them. That's the Bordeaux blend. And it's called Grave because of the thick gravels. Oh, is that populated. what Grave is? It's yeah. correct, yes. Okay. So we, we have Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon uh, that thrive uh, as well in these gravels. Mm. So, and gravels in Bordeaux is particularly good for Cabernet Sauvignon mm. in that regard. It is. Mm. It should be everywhere, to be honest, because it imparts mm. that minerality into the wine. It gives it that that clean savouriness that I love in Cabernet. Yeah. And so with, what uh, are we yeah. telling them to have? What have you brought along from his... Uh, so the, the, the example yeah, that I brought will are. be for the next day, once you bridge into the right bank. Uh, into the right bank, you go through Saint-Emilion, Pomerol, and next to Saint-Emilion, you've got a fantastic appellation which is called Castillon. 
Côte de Bordeaux, which I find to be fantastic value. Saint-Emilion is probably one of the prettiest little towns in France. It is, yeah. I mean, eh? it's, it is gorgeous. I mean, some of the town That's has gorgeous. been carved in the limestone, really. Yeah. So, and the, this limestone is great for Merlot, in particular. It's a plateau of limestone. The Church of Saint-Emilion is gorgeous. It's mm. completely carved into the limestone itself. Mm. And you can even see some of the vines oozing through it the limestone. It looks almost like it's straight out of a storybook, really. It's almost like somebody painted it. Hey? Mm, it's correct. not real. It's just so pretty. If ever you want to go on a holiday, um, Saint Emilion has to be on your list of places to go. It's just the wines are lovely mm. and the little town. It's not a city, it's a town, really. Mm. Um, just too beautiful. So we're going to be drinking. So here we've got an example of fantastic value wine called the Chateau des Demoiselles. From Castillon, the Chateau de Moselle means the, the castle of the ladies mm. in that way. And that's because in the Middle Ages, this property was run by nuns. Oh, really? There were a lot of nuns who ran wineries, you know. God bless the Catholics. They've done so much for us, haven't they, really? Well, Over historically, yes. Historically, wine and church have always yeah, been closely associated with service. Always. So, so this is 75% Merlot, 25% Cabernet Sauvignon. <laughs> uh, we have currently a 2015, uh, which is just... Uh, peaking uh, right now to be to be drunk. Uh, beautiful flintiness that comes around. Yeah. Uh, subtle. You're gonna have a little bit of an evolution with a little bit of a dried herb profile that comes mm. around when Bordeaux ages, but still fresh, blossoming fruit and violets. The Merlot from the Merlot from France is quite it's quite different, really, to the Merlot that we grow here. Somehow they get rid of the greenness that we have on a lot of our Merlots. You know, Merlot, shame. I'm always a bit rude about Merlot. Well, Merlot, I think Merlot, yeah. I don't know. Merlot is a, is a great, Merlot and especially in global warming. I mean, I was in Bordeaux last year, and sometimes because of global warming, they're starting to plant a bit more Cabernet Franc to replace Merlot because Merlot doesn't like too much heat. Yeah. Too much warmth. And we know South Africa's warm climate. Yeah. In that way. So if you pick it too early, only, it's going to have a greenness. The only Merlot I mm. really, really like to drink is Chateau Petrus. You get spoiled <laughs> with luxury taste. <laughs> I am... Um, I feel a bit mm. sorry for Merlot. Because mm. I know that it's terribly politically incorrect, but I give my grapes genders. Just mm. to help me, help me feel them. And I think that Merlot is a gay boy. Because he is a boy. Because red grapes are boys, largely. Uh, well, it is, it is uh, a male name in France. It is. Yeah. But he, and he tries to be sort of quite macho and quite, but he just doesn't quite get there, he needs Cabernet to help him along a bit. Correct. Well, Merlot so, is a meat palette yeah. cultivar. Uh, Cabernet Sauvignon is a front palette cultivar. Yeah. So if you want a little bit more body, a little bit more power, you're going to want to blend in with Cabernet Sauvignon. Yes. Or, as you say, Cabernet Franc, which we also love. Mm, correct, yes. We love Cabernet Franc. Anyway, so this is just Merlot and Cab. None and of Cabernet the other Sauvignon. red varieties, Correct. Eh? And, and okay. this goes for 210 rand bottle so it's a fantastic mm. introduction uh, it's non, such good value for money mm. should we show can you see can everybody see i'm going to show you i'm going to put it there in the front for you to look at for a bit 
so you can write that down. <laughs> that would be absolutely delicious. And you don't have to drink the whole bottle in a day. Mm. Just watch for a bit, for a glassful, put a little stopper back in it, yeah. open it again tomorrow if you want to. It's a lovely one. Exactly. I mean, you can uh, enjoy it in your own pace, uh, you uh, as the cyclists do. Yeah. Uh, in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fun fact about the Tour de France, actually, is that in the old days, the, the cyclists were drinking wine while as going they should have. <laughs> as they should riding. I can't believe they're not still doing it. And you can still find these old um, archive stories <laughs> uh, and pictures where you see them drinking along while riding <laughs> or taking a quick stop, having a glass. And I then know. We could even go and set up a, a drip. We could have a drip station there and we could let them drive with with a little infusion of Bordeaux. Precisely. So when we've when we've mm. come around the corner and we're now going onto the we're going onto the right bank. So yes, yeah, so we've gone through the right bank and then what the riders will do is they'll cross through in the center of France, which is called more Auvergne. Mm. So some of it comes through the Upper Loire, and as in the Upper Loire, I mean it's a bit of a stretch here, but the closest of the Upper Loire would be the, the birthplace of Sauvignon Blanc. In the same. And I brought a little Loire Sauvignon Blanc to express this uh, as well. So this one is a Vin de Pays, IGP from this Loire Valley. It's also your little birthplace, isn't it? It is, yes. <laughs> I come a little bit more from uh, a further side from there, but yes, it <laughs> yeah. always has a dear place in my heart. Well, then all things beautiful come from the Loire by the looks of things. Swervy um, is my most beautiful person. He doesn't mind me saying so. And I'm not in you to kind words and compliments. No, so you're continue. not. You'd love it, I can see. <laughs> So, a small domain that we just started to, to bring in. Um, and you see, you see it's, we only call it Sauvignon, not even Sauvignon Blanc, but for them it's a given that it's going to be Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. So, it, it called it Sauvignon Blanc. It's a cultivar on the name because it's a broader appellation. This one, what I like about it, it's a bit rounder, it's a bit riper. It doesn't have the green uh, profile. I've been finding that with a couple mm. of the Sauvignons that I've tasted from France recently. You and I tasted a few samples and things a little while ago when mm. you were looking at at uh, different um, producers to bring into South Africa. Because that's, mm. in case you're wondering, that's what Harvey does. He is one of the, well, certainly one of the most reliable and, and biggest importers of French wine into South Africa now for how many years? Five years. Five We're years. going to celebrate five years in We're the next few weeks, actually. We're going to celebrate five years. Mm. And I think it's really, really well worth having a look at the wines that he does bring in. We've got some in the Solid Gold online shop that is attached to these podcasts. And we'll maybe increase that offering as time goes on. But I think one of the biggest things about your offering is that they are so affordable. And because he knows what he's talking about, he brings delicious wines in at the right price. So whatever you buy that comes from Premier Cru, which is the name of his of his company, you can rest assured that the quality is good. I've never tasted a horrible wine from Premier Cru. Well, I aim not, never to disappoint. Aim to please. <laughs> exactly. Aim to so that's Sauvignon, and, and it is much more... Melanie, and it's like sun-kissed melons, that one. It's mm. delicious. It's really, really nice. It's dry, um, but you can drink it. <laughs> <laughs> and again, fantastic value for Sauvignon Blanc lovers. This one goes for 175 right? I know. You can mm. hardly even buy local Sauvignon for that. Mm. Yeah, they're starting to, 
to get into this place as well. I know, I know. So that's what we're going to do as we're making our way across the center of France and we're heading towards Beaujolais. Exactly. Well, mm? yes, that's exactly the next step mm. because as they start going towards the Alps, and it's only a bit of a mountainous terrain in the yeah. uh, Massif Central, as we call it. These are these old volcanoes, or, mm. or old mountains. And we cross into Beaujolais. <laughs> we cross into Beaujolais. So most of you may know Beaujolais, <laughs> not for the best name with Beaujolais Nouveau. But Beaujolais really has come to back to the limelight in recent years. Beaujolais yeah. is gorgeous. Hmm. When I turned 50, hmm. I took my family and my closest, closest friend, six of us, and we went on a barge. And everybody would have said to me when you turned 50, Carrie Evans lived, worked in wine her whole life. What did you drink on your 50th birthday? <gasps> My birthday's in October. And we were there when they had just harvested. And we literally took what looked like a petrol canister into the little village of whatever it was that we were on. We got the bicycles. We don't... And they just gave us some of that free-run juice that they mm. just squeezed and squashed. And, all, and that's what we drank. The six of us got terribly frotties on that barge that night on stuff that had just been pressed. And that's sort of what Beaujolais Nouveau is, hey? Correct, yes. Which mm. tends to be released three weeks after the harvest, mm. you know, freshly pressed. And then I believe it's the third week of November. You see how yeah. expensive Beaujolais Nouveau is becoming. Well, I think everything has with inflation yeah, and exchange rates. Um Beaujolais has come back to the limelight, especially because what most people don't know is that Beaujolais historically was part of Burgundy. Yeah. And uh, Burgundy prices have gone throughout the roof based on demand and a small production, which has been compounded by uh, difficult harvest in the last few years. Mm. But there's some Beaujolais cru and some fantastic value for money yeah. in Beaujolais. Now, it got separated from a wine perspective as well, because the main gravity, as you know, Kerry, in, mm. uh, in Beaujolais is Gamay. Mm. Uh, what people don't know is that there's a little bit of Gamay in Burgundy there is. and there's a little bit of Pinot Noir <laughs> in Beaujolais <laughs> based on that With a little bit of English, my third world child. <laughs> exactly. So they're cousins mm. in that regard. So here we're talking about Gamay, which to me is a perfect summer wine. Mm. Gamay is gorgeous. Mm. It's like, it's sort of, how could we explain to our South African audience, it's sort of like Sinso-ish um, or uh, Grenache-ish. It's, it's light, it's tinkly, it's all translucent, you can see through it, it's much lighter. Exactly, okay. it's, a, it's, a, it's perfect red wine to get introduced into red wines mm. as well. It's like cold drink. Yeah, it's uh, very limited tannins, Yeah. it's fresh, it's fun, it's Doesn't fruity. Doesn't taste oak too well. No, too not, much not too much, mm -hmm. yes. But it's a, a good wine to be drunk, especially in the first few years. Yeah. Um, and in, in the warmer days, mm. this lightly chilled yep. is, is a delight. I always, when I, whenever I go to Durban, I say it's a perfect Durban weather wine. <laughs> it is a Durban wine, that's for sure. It's Durban on the beach, beach wine. Precisely. So Which it, one did you bring? So I brought this example from a small producer called the Domaine de Saint-Cyr, <laughs> which, I mean, look at this You make it sound like you're honestly proposing to me. <laughs> the answer is yes. Well, I, I think whoever proposed to you, I put a ring on a bottle. <laughs> Um, oh, so it's a, it's, a, it's a small estate, fourth generation. It's got a nice label, hey? It is, yes. It's, it just looks it's like they've traditional, written it. Yeah. Correct, yeah, which they probably did in the it initial, initial it design. Looks, it's just very cool. It's very, it's quite, um, 
it's, What's it's the word? Un- it's quite pedestrian, that label, yeah, but I mean, it's, it's, it's just really nice. It's, it's really delivered yeah. on that regard. It's, and when you put it in your mouth, it's going to be like Ribena hmm. or what's that stuff called? Um, what's it, Ribena or Fortress? Is it called Fortress? I'm not too sure here. It's like a blackberry and blueberry and raspberry cordial. Oh, no, I don't know this one. Fortress. I think it used to be called Fortress. And that's exactly what they taste like. It tastes like lovely, sweet, ripe red fruit. Cordial. I really enjoy this one because it's a biodynamic estate, organically certified. Um, And this one is more of a regional Beaujolais, but... It's made from old vines, already 50-year-old vines. And that's the name amazing. of this one is La Galoche, which is the what name... What does La Galoche mean? Well, that's, yeah, <laughs> La you're going to enjoy that story. <laughs> you're going to enjoy that story. <laughs> okay. so initially, that's uh, the name of a little stream they have in the middle of the estate. But it's also a term in French slang. Mm. And in French slang, that means a sloppy French kiss. Oh, my God. <laughs> Nobody wants a sloppy French kiss. <laughs> We didn't want that. It's two, two teenagers kissing. Ah, in okay. That way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, they will never forget that, guys. If it's you'd a, like a sloppy French kiss, go and buy a bottle of La Galoche. <laughs> Precisely. And, and this one goes for about uh, 290 rand. That's good value for money, I think. When we finished in Beaujolais and we finished doing French kissing in Beaujolais, what are we going to do? Where are we going? So then we're going to spend a lot of time in the Alps. So there's a lot of stages in the Alps. Some of the closest wine regions is Savoie. We don't bring any Savoie. It's kind of quirky. Actually, Savoie is getting very trendy back mm. in France, mm. uh, getting a revival, but we haven't imported any yet. Uh, but otherwise, I would suggest to go into the Northern Rome, which is the birthplace of Syrah. We yeah. love Syrah. So very close by in the Rhone Valley. Mm. Um, the Northern Rhone is more granitic soils, uh, and you have a cooler, cooler climate, and the Syrah coming from the Northern Rhone is known for this peppery, mm. spicy profile that comes So out. that Northern Rhone, for me, always, and just so that you know, I'm going to tell you, oh, but it hasn't got a thing on it. Or is that from all the bottles from the Southern Rhone have that embossing on it, don't they? Oh, so the embossing, and I see you had oh. a, a picture, an example yes. here, of a bottle of Chateauneuf du Pape. Yes. So the embossing on the Chateauneuf du Pape bottle is when the bottle is actually comes from Chateauneuf. From Chateauneuf. It's only from Is Chateauneuf. it only Chateauneuf that's got the embossing? And, and sorry, for only from the estate. Only yes, from the estate yes. In Chateauneuf. So there are a couple of other examples of embossing, but the most popular. Most of from Shiraz. So, so the the Shiraz from the Northern Rhone. If any of you know what English violets smell like, mm-hmm. they do smell so pretty. We get little proper little English violets here in South Africa, but they don't smell. If you pick a bunch of violets in England, in the forest, mm. they smell absolutely beautiful. And that's what Shira, that Northern Rhone Shira smells like. Mm. So it smells that beautiful English violet perfume. And then, as Harvey says, when you've swallowed it, you get a twist of a dusting of white pepper. White pepper tastes very different to black pepper for me. Mm. And you get a dusting of that white pepper on the back palate, and then you know you're in the Northern Rhone. 
It's a dead giveaway sign. And yeah. I'm sure that this gives us exactly that. It's a nice example. Yes, and that's a very delicate. On the fruit side, you go so towards very much cherries mm. uh, as well. And you think, depending on you know the age of the vines, you may go towards more the black cherries or the red cherries. Mm. Here, this estate is Paul Jabouléené, uh, which is one of the most revered estates yeah. when it comes to the One of the world. oldest families from there as well, I think. Precisely. Them um, and Gigal, really. Yes, them, Gigal and Chapoutier tend to yeah. be the, the top three legends yeah. from the Northern Rhone. Uh, this one is coming from a village called Croz Hermitage. So that's, that's where French wines get complex because we start with the broader <laughs> geography, but then we get into the name of the villages. <laughs> <laughs> and they love their villages. <laughs> exactly. And Croz Hermitage is the village of Croz, which is right next to the hill of Hermitage, which is one of the most prestigious crues, mm. not only in the northern Rhone, but mm. around France. Uh, this is an estate that is also organically certified. Mm. They've done a fantastic job in the last 20 years. Yeah. Beautiful attention to nature, and that's why you've got the little drawing of a bee, uh, Playing right in the middle of a name. Oh, I see that. I uh, don't remember that being there. Was uh, it always they, there? No, they only added it in the last couple of years. They mm. also changed the name uh, of this wine. Now it's called the, the Black Mule, as uh, an homage to the mules that we were using mm. in the vineyards mm. previously. Mm. So this is 100% Syrah. Goes from older vines, starting to around 35 years old. 35 years old. Uh, and then limited oak treatment, but a very seductive yeah. style. It's a very silky, smooth example of mm. wines. It's gorgeous. Uh, yeah, I must say, I do love, and as far as France goes, I think that you're getting probably the best bang for your buck out of the Rhone. The quality of wine that's coming out of the Rhone and what you're paying for it. If you, con if you compare it to Burgundy, for example, where you can end up paying an absolute fortune for... A very mediocre bottle of Pinot Noir. Because <laughs> well, Pinot Noir is like that little girl that had a little curl, you know? A Pinot Noir is unforgiving. And when she was nice, mm. she was very, very nice. And when she was bad, she was nasty. And that's sort of what Pinot Noir is, really. So if you want to be almost cer certain of a fabulous bottle of red wine from Cross, go to the Rhone. Mm. North or South. Exactly. I mean, the South is delivering fantastic oh, value. Gorgeous. We're talking about the prestigious Chateau Neuf du Pape, which is at the top of a southern Rhone, but you have beautiful examples of Côte de Rhone. And yeah. When uh, Baptiste was there. Baptiste, you must go and have a look at the podcast mm. because we had another Frenchman here. Um, he was from Chrissier, in fact, mm. and we tasted, and he, he's got a family farm there. Um, if you want, if you're keen to learn some more about France, yeah. you must learn some more about France. The wines are delicious. And these, to me, are the perfect winter warmers. Yeah, they are. I mean, really, it's a, there's this quote that I love, which says, wine is like a hug from the inside. Oh, And to me, is. that is the southern It home. is. Absolutely, yeah. That blanket is profile. <laughs> so we... Which is why, if, I mean, knowing that, obviously, they'll be in summer, over here, while we're in winter, uh, but, you know, some from some of the days, especially when they spend a lot of time in the Alps, if you want to have a little bit of a... A joker. Uh, that's where you can have a little bit of a Provence rosé. Yeah, well. yeah. And, you know, some of you may say it's not the season for rosé, but always rose the about season. lifestyle. It's yes. always the season for rosé. Sexy one. Exactly. Lovely. It's fun, it's playful. We still are blessed to have these fantastic warmer days yeah. uh, in the middle of the day. Well, that's uh, in Gauteng. <laughs> if you're one of those silly people that went schlepping off to Cape Town, 
It's not nice in Cape Town. And if you're in Durban, it's even less nice because they've got tornadoes there at the moment. So stay in the car thing, guys. It's nice. <laughs> but that's, the, that's an example. You know, middle of the day when it yeah. still goes to 20 degrees, you're in the sun, you can enjoy a beautiful glass of Provence rosé before the, before and the then we And then we're mm. going to go up and around sort of underneath Champagne. Yeah, so uh, after the loop through the Alps, they go back, they go a little bit throughout the south of Burgundy, Jura, one loop in Alsace, and then they finish in the Champs-Élysées in Paris. If, if you want to fall deeply desperately in love, go to Alsace. Mm. I love Alsace. There's a, there's a little town in Alsace while we're giving you geography and French wine lessons. There's a little town in Alsace called Rickvier. Mm, yes. And Rickvier is a Christmas town. It's just has Christmas all year round, and I love Christmas. So I was in heaven when I landed in Rickvier. It's just got one street that goes all the way from the bottom up to the top, and it's just Christmas shops. Hmm. And they keep the Christmas decorations and stuff in those shops the whole year round. I loved it. And in Rickvier, which is literally, I think, two or three streets, that's all it is, I think there's something like four three Michelin-starred restaurants. It, it, it is. Uh, it is an extraordinary Also a little bit of a time capsule. Oh! To say, you've got these yeah, fantastic go. older houses. Maybe we should put together mm. a tour and take people to France. What is always one of the best things. We've got a lot of clients going to France. We could. Most of the time we facilitate some appointments yes. for them. Yeah, we do. Um, but yes, we could be looking at you know, Go and make going a around little, Yeah, just do a little mm. thing like that. So, they're going to go underneath, they're going to go through Rickville, I mean, Alsace. We're going to go through Alsace, go okay. through Alsace. So here, to pair, you can go, when we go through the southern part of Burgundy, I would recommend the puy Chusse, for oh. instance, in the Maconnais region. Then you've got some Jura, so if you're an amateur of vin jaune, or Arbois, Yellow uh, some fantastic examples. From the Jura. In Alsace, in, so Alsace, you've got great examples of, let's say, dry Riesling, or Pinot Gris. Oh, and Gewürztraminer. And Gewürztraminer with that beautiful uh, Turkish delight mm. uh, profile. Rose petals and mm. things. Oh, so nice. And then as they finish in Paris, it's always a champagne occasion. Yeah. Which is the closest region to the arrival as well. Have you got any champagne in stock? We do. Champagne we do is have plenty. in grave danger of going out of stock and being becoming a dinosaur. It's just not enough, is there? It's been a victim of its success. Yeah. In that way. What a nice, what a nice product to have. Mm. If you have a product that's so successful that you can't grow enough of it. And in typical French tradition, they have not allowed anybody else to make champagne. <laughs> so it is just champagne. I mean, we all make sparkling wine. The English are now trying very hard, and I see that some of the French champagne houses have also bought vineyard in England. Mm -hmm. um, so it must be good. Well, but the English sparkling wine is so expensive. It's about similar huh? price to champagne. Ah, how can that be? You know, you can't you can't steal somebody's recipe. Well, you can steal their recipe, but you can't steal their pedigree. Um, those pedigrees mm. are age old. Champagne has been made there for so, so long, and they have exactly. this pedigree that you pay for, and they've invested a lot of money into that pedigree. Precisely. I mean, what I've made champagne so prestigious is, which was the first 
wine region to produce and specialize in sparkling wine. Mm. So for centuries, they've been ahead in that we had initially discovered by mistake, but once they controlled the process, mm. it really spread out Absolutely. and uh, embodied the prestige. And there was this quote that I quite enjoyed as well, which is, uh, champagne is the drink of people who are someone and the people who want to be, dri- oh, be someone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really aspirational, and that's why it's also a lifestyle. I have a, a personal story of mine that I love to share. Uh, we tend to associate champagne with celebration yeah. too often, but champagne really is more of a, of a lifestyle. It's another drink we can have for breakfast. Mm, with our porridge. <laughs> exactly. Which, <laughs> with lots of orange juice in it. croissant. And when I was still working in Paris, um, I was working in a corporate job and I was meeting a friend of mine at the end of a long day for after work's drinks and like I had a shit day, let's have champagne. <laughs> <laughs> and I said to him, yeah, it's, always a, it's always a good antidote. I'm going to shit day. Let's have champagne. And I said to him, well, what is there to celebrate? You just told me you had a terrible day. He was like, yes, but the day is not over. And now we're taking control of it. We're seizing it and we're going to turn it around. Mm. And that always works. Champagne has such this bright, oh, beautiful God, it energy. Does. It makes you feel so much better about yourself, about life, about everything. It's just... A million little bubbles. There's nothing happier than a bubble. Bubbles are a happy thing. Precisely. And, mm. you know, what makes the difference with champagne as well is the soil, which tends to be choke, which yeah. we don't have much. The English have some of it, there, but they also come with the humidity. Are they? Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Those mines are going to go fraught. You're going to see. They're going to get powdery mildew. And they're get no, they, they do produce beautiful examples <laughs> thanks to that choke. Yeah. Uh, humidity is a challenge, but with global warming, I think it's been actually bringing more in their favor. Um, but in ch- that, this choke is fantastic because it gives just the right amount of moisture. Mm. Uh, and irrigation is forbidden. Yeah, it holds it holds this this water into the yeah. into the soil, and that gives that beautiful profile, which you know, I mean, chokiness, minerality, liminess, lime, exactly mm, that comes through. Um, so that's one of the difference. And another difference is the long aging, the longer aging. Most champagne, when we drink non-vintage champagne, each age for a minimum of three years for most houses. A lot of them have actually extended their aging program. I know, but over time, these bubbles get finer and finer more and more delicate. I know. And that's you almost want to brush your teeth with champagne. You know, you could sometimes when you're rinsing your mouth out and you go and you get all bubbles in your mouth. It's a fantastic palate cleanser. It is a palate cleanser. It's gorgeous. You can brush your teeth with bubbles. <laughs> so we're going to finish mm. in Paris and we're going to drink as much champagne as we can get our hands on. Mm. South Africans make fabulous sparkling wine too. So if you can't get French champagne, you can have some South African sparkling. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you can, have some Philipponat. Yeah, we've got, we recently received a consignment of Philipponat. Mm, so nice. We've got quite a few different houses. Very nice. Very, very nice champagne. Yeah, it's a That's that. And then, yes. and then, when we're finished riding bicycles and drinking wine and traveling through this beautiful, beautiful country, France is gorgeous. Um, in the middle of it all is Bastille Day. And I just said to her, what do the French people do on Bastille Day? When I looked it up online, because I knew I was going to chat to you, Mm. it said there's some very somber military um, parades. (laughs) That is correct. (laughs) Coupled with dancing with gay abandon in the streets. Or dancing with firemen. (laughs) 
No, it was just so, to be kind of a more of a, an official ceremony okay. in general, but especially one of the prime is fireworks. You've got the most fantastic display of fireworks, mm. usually on Bastille Day. I mean, we burned the Bastille back that <laughs> day. Burned it down. Uh, in, in France, we call Bastille Day, well, very uh, creatively, 14th of July. Yeah. Because that is the date of Bastille Day. The yeah. 14th of July, which is going to be a Friday. So I'm right in the middle of the Tour de France. That's why we always tend to be rooting for a French cyclist to, to win that day. When uh, last did a French cyclist win? Oh, we're talking a few decades. It's a long, uh, long way. It's lots of pomp and like swank the, and the ceremony, but win. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's a long, uh, long, long wait. <laughs> but we, we're hopeful, you know. Um, and uh, and so yes, it is a bit more of a, an official day. Uh, that's why there's a few ceremonies. But and then in the evenings, fireworks, and a little bit. It tends to be the evening before the dancing uh, component. So, but it's also a moment of togetherness. That's yes. the moment you, you you go around with the people close to you, yeah. and um, I mean the one wine that I always pair with Bastide, and that also ties up with another story. Just about four years ago, so when the business was very recent for Premier Cru, I was doing a tasting, and somebody playfully said, "Ah, you're such a typical Frenchman, you're so arrogant." <laughs> <laughs> he is arrogant. So you know what he did? He went up to France and he found a wine called the Arrogant Frog. And it's such a cute label. This frog is in the vineyards. He's dressed up like a typical Frenchman. He's got a beret on and what have you. And he is arrogant. You can just see he's arrogant. Exactly. And but, yeah. we decided that Harvey would be affectionately termed the arrogant frog. Yes, it's better than the pretentious toad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, this is a wine I said. It's arrogant but not pretentious. It's, uh, so the winemaker, which is called Paul Mass. Um, he names himself the, the humble winemaker and he calls oh, it himself he? the ambassador of rural luxury oh, uh, in okay, that sense. So it is actually a humbling wine as well, playing on the fact that, you know, French people are known to be a bit more arrogant in that Just sense. a touch, yeah. But this is a wine that also is very affordable, delivers on the price point. We're talking about 140 rand, uh, a very juicy tannins, soft, fruity type of drink. Lovely. Yeah, great, uh, great. It's fabulous wine. That is every mm. man's wine. Mm. I always say that you've got to have Volkswagen Beetles and Bentleys, and that's the Volkswagen Beetle of of France and of Johannesburg, well, South Africa, now because we're lucky enough to have it. It's got a white sister. It's got a so, graph, really. It's so a, yes, oh no, no, no! It's a Viognier Chardonnay. Hey. So we brought in two blends for for this pair. The, the, the red wine is. Uh, Cabernet Sauvignon Merlot. It's 55% Cabernet mm. Sauvignon, 45% Merlot. You'll all the love wine. it. You yeah. will all love that arrogant frog. It's really good value for money. And uh, the white wine is a Chardonnay Viognier, mm. which is 90% Chardonnay and just 10% of Viognier to just give that peachy florality. Yeah, that little white blossom. Person. It's gorgeous. Pretty wine. Pretty, pretty. So mm. if it's nice and if it's starting to get warm, but July can be a bit of a shitty month in, even in Chantilly. We get sort of blizzards and rain in the middle of winter and cold. We, we, that's when we need to brace for the cold in the evenings. So. I know, I know. So you can have the white during the day if you want mm. to, but the red definitely at night. It's delicious wine. So Arrogant Frog on Bastille Day, the 14th of July. Exactly. 
we've been almost around the whole country. Um, well, it says uh, traveling without moving in that sense. We've, we've traveled the whole of France. We've done the whole Tour de France. I hope you enjoy it all. It's Wimbledon as well this month. And Wimbledon is brilliant also to celebrate, I don't know, strawberries and cream and rosé. Does it for me. Hmm? To me, I'm thinking Wimbledon, I'm thinking Pims. Yeah, well, you would, you French. But I think, I think that rosé hmm. with Wimbledon would be quite nice. But it's a lovely, it's a fun, fabulous sporting month. And I think that there's a, a really, really good lineup of wine. So you can look at all of those things. Oh, Pardon's going to kill me. My phone's ringing. No. Is it interfering with? <laughs> Probably. Sorry, guys. My phone's ringing. I I should actually. Sorry about that. So you're in high demand as well. High demand, and this person's not going away either. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's a lot of lovely wine to choose from. Thank you for joining us on our little tour de France. And thanks to Harvey for bringing the fabulous wines along. Enjoy. Thank you very much. Have a lovely July together. Yep. Yeah.